Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you hear, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. How you doing, internets? Welcome to the podcast that actually probably doesn't have a name. The Beer Massive Podcast Network. Let's go that way because it ends up sounding like a much more important incorporated company. LLC slash whatever it is. Um, uh, welcome to this podcast, the Beer Massive Podcast. This is kind of our inaugural um, kind of group one. I did a kind of channel update not too long ago. But this is the one where we actually have a bunch of people sitting around a table with some microphones. So hopefully the sound is okay. Hopefully we say some things that make sense. And hopefully uh, you rate five stars and make us all billionaires and all that kind of stuff. Internet so. millionaires. Internet millionaires. Um, so there you go. So welcome to this. Uh, right now, this is going to be a big kind of group effort thing we have going on here. There's going to be a lot of kind of uh, fingers in the in the what's the turds in a punch bowl or fingers yeah, in I the mean, thing. We, or we the... brought out all the neck yeah. for this one. But as of right now, we have five people. One is not going to speak because he's shy. Well, two aren't going to speak. Now you're going to you just spoke. You cannot say you're not going to speak, and then you speak. It doesn't work that way. One has a shy bladder, um, and he can't go to the bathroom for another man. <laughs> but um, uh, four of us here talking: uh, me, Matt from Massive Beers, uh, Beer Mass, whatever you want to call it. If you don't know who I am, then you're probably a pretty legitimate person because I'm a nobody. <laughs> um, to my left here, we have. Oh, we're gonna. What are we gonna go? We're gonna go Jonesy. We're gonna go Meat Smoke. What are we gonna go here? Yeah, we can go with Jonesy. You know. Okay, uh, let's do Jonesy. Keep it classy. Yeah, I mean, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Meat Smoke four five one. You know, but besides that, uh, Brad Jonesy, whatever. To my left, we have uh, the one that's not gonna speak but speaks. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve, that, that was they, Steve. They don't, they don't call him a, a wordsmith for nothing, guys. <laughs> um, yeah. Steve is uh, Steve is known locally and outside the area. He's a pretty fervent beer guy. He goes out and about, um, drinks fantastical beers, and and probably best known for, um, I think he has a, either the cooler is surgically attached to his hip, or it just uh, he has uh, some kind of growth that is just some large um, cooling device that has about 18... Um, vertical sets of every monster whale stout ever in the history of mankind around him at all times it's basically like you know people want like you know that cloud that hovers above the uh, cartoon character that rains and stuff that's just imagine that cloud is just pastry stouts if you ever if you ever want a session a brewery weekday set uh steve can help us out with that yeah it's definitely like i mean fifteen hundred dollars worth of beer on his hip at all times hey at least you you're always doing you always have a workout with that cooler you're always carrying 100 pounds of beer at any given time it is that's how you stay beer fit no denials equals agreement when you when you don't defend yourself that and then you know you know that you're actually telling the truth so yeah that's the four of us here we oh wait, i didn't introduce jeff yet look at me being a, a jerk what's up podcast uh, yeah he's he's probably the biggest uh, king shit of fuck mountain here so i should introduce him he is the um what is it the glass um guru guru not guru um what's the word i want to use here 
Glass Cicerone? <laughs> glass, glass, glass Master. Is, glass Master. Now, that sounds like somebody that like, puts meth, <laughs> methamphetamine or something like that. Um, yeah, the, uh, the... Connoisseur. Yeah, the, 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 whoever... The, you're the Abe Froman of glass. You're the, the, you're the oh, glass shit. king. Glass king of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, you're the glass king of Chicago. Um, the, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jeff. Why are we making funny about the glasses? <laughs> making funny about the glasses because I decided to start my own little adventure and take my love for art and put them on different beer glasses because why not? Uh, I'm a big advocate of graphic design and, and beer itself, so why not take two worlds that I love and put them to the world? Uh, glass Whales is the jam, so check it out. Yeah, he, uh, Shameless he plug. Doing a, a, a kind of a commissioned art pieces on glasses and stuff like mm-hmm. that, coming up with different ideas and and it's cool. He's um, done a bunch of glass, random glass artwork, and, and, and kind of wrapped a couple of them around like um, charity and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. So definitely go check that out. But this is the uh, the round table for today. Uh, there's a couple other people that are going to do stuff that aren't here today. But you know, whatever it is. They Should can. we mention our uh, onlooker? That's no, he doesn't matter. Talk. He's back. He the, matter. You know, he, he's the, he's the gimp of the group. He doesn't. We don't. We don't. We don't speak about him. He just sits back there. Um, but yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is something that we're going to be doing kind of semi regularly. This kind of roundtable thing today. It's going to be a lot of kind of catch up, back story stuff. Um, yeah, the introductions that we just did, and just kind of talk about what we've done in the past and what we're going to do in the future. But the podcast itself is going to be a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, brewery interviews, stuff like that. But we'll get into all that. So, why are we doing the podcast? Because we like we're, beer. I mean, we're I bored. Well, that too. But we do like beer, lots of beer. Um, you know, me and Matt, like, uh, we got involved with the the beer stuff together, doing the radio show. Um, that we had for a little while there. And, you know, when I saw you were kind of revamping the style and making it into a podcast, something that's a little bit more flexible, like definitely a good idea. I wanted to come back and, you know, I've done some reviews with you and just enjoy talking about beer and bullshit, you know, so. Yeah, basically what happened was it was, uh, you know, uh, I used to do the old radio show. We'll talk about that real quick. I mean, Steve has done it before. Um, Brad has done it before. He used to do an old FM radio show. Uh, had a different name. I mean, did a bunch of brewer interviews. You can find those on the on the podcast here or the um, stream. Go back there and you can listen to like I think there's maybe a hundred and some odd, hundred and five brewer interviews on there. Yeah. Everybody from Jim Koch from Sam Adams to the guys from Rare Barrel to um, you know. Oh, geez. Anchor Brewing, uh, Carton Brewing, Augie Carton to, you know, uh, JC from Trillium to Dean from Treehouse to local guys like the guys from Breaker Brewing. Benny Brewing. Um, Benny Brewing. I mean, uh, all across the board, there's a bunch of different uh, brewer interviews on there. We did that for a while. Stopped doing the. I actually forget how long it's been, but it's been a while. Stopped doing that a while ago. Kind of got the bug to bring it back, and I kind of just threw it out there about being like, hey, who wants to be involved in it? And, uh, you know, uh, Brad was in on it. Steve actually didn't say anything, but I included him anyway because I was like, yeah, you know, he, he says he doesn't want to talk and he says he doesn't want to do things, but once you get him rolling, it actually ends up being... Once you get a few beers in me. There you go. That's what see, it really boils down to. We're trying to get there. He's there got that go. deep bass voice. Yeah, he's so got a, sexy. He's got a yeah, smooth so radio voice. He yeah, does, like and he doesn't want to use it. <laughs> the very weight of the beer podcast community, <laughs> baby. Um, and then Jeff kind of jumped in. Jeff is actually one of the more enthusiastic of the bunch here, um, kind of looking for an outlet. You're always got your fingers in a, in a bunch of different fires, whether it be the kind of glass thing or kind of wanted to, you wanted to open a brewery, you brewed some mead, you did 19 different things, so... What what brings you to wanting to be part of this kind of 
train wreck. It's something I always <laughs> sort of toyed around with in my head. I'm like, I'd really like to do some sort of podcast. I think I just wanted to buy the, the fun equipment because I'm, <laughs> I love electronics. <laughs> but um, my passion for beer and, and I just want to be in, involved in the industry as possible. And really, I have I have the spare time and it's not really about having the time. It's about making the time. So um, seeing your your the, seeing your message about the opportunity sort of sparked my interest and love talking about beer. Love drinking beer, so... You seem no... to be actually one of the more talented ones that we actually have involved with this. Talented in, in what sense? <laughs> just my, any, my beard growing just, talent? Just in any sense. Like, you have talents. Well, Matt does too, but... No, that's up for debate, but... I just I just like learning new stuff and, and working my butt off, so... Yeah. Like I said, I mean, like, I, th- I think that's... We have a pretty good group. There's a couple other guys that aren't with us today... <clears throat> But also have been on the beer show with us. Um, some of them uh, do some writing, some beer blogging. You know. Uh, yeah, Der- uh, Derek, who is the originator of the show, is uh, is going to do some stuff. Um, he's not here today, but he's he's well, definitely he's off, on board. He's off um, eating gluten free pizza, right? No, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna, no, that's not. That's his lovely wife. That's gluten free. <laughs> he's. I don't think he can do a beer show with being gluten-free. I mean, um, there's a lot of gluten-free breweries. My girlfriend's but. also, she has Crohn's, and she's gluten-free, so she sort of puts up... I feed her mead. Okay. That's sort of what got me into making mead, was I gave her a bottle of Shrams, and that's a whole other conversation about mead, but now now I spoiled her. Now it costs me lots of money to keep her happy. Well, that's, like, <laughs> that's why I figured I would make the mead. Well, that's your fault for giving her Shrams. Shrams yeah. can cure, like, the, uh, you know what I mean, like, the whole... Uh, is that that Middle East Palestinian versus yeah. the whatever you know the you could give them a, like a bunch of shrams and I think they'd be like you know everything's okay now we can look and see eye to eye we're really you know, sorry about that six thousand years worth of conflict yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. it's like the magic elixir <laughs> but uh yeah so Derek will be involved doing various different things I'm sure George George was on the old radio show um, probably doing a couple different things Joe um, who I used to do a different podcast with and was on a radio show a bit he's actually a brewer now. Um, uh, working at Ironheart Brewing, um, doing a couple of different things. He expressed interest, kind of focus more on the brewery end of things and kind of some ins and outs of that kind of world. So, um, you know, we got a good group of people and just kind of move forward and, and kind of, I, I hesitate to use the word bring something different because I think, you know, almost everything's that has, excuse me, been done, has been done, which is trying to bring content that, is I guess you don't see because uh, I mean it seems like uh, the podcasts that you see out there are a little bit hokey. Um, seems like it's a lot of promotional stuff. People just trying to kind of you know, for lack of a better word, stroke a lot of egos. Yeah. Or it's like super internal industry level stuff to where it's like, you know, just a little bit more kind of like you know, uh, the people hang out with the same people kind of thing. And I kind of want to see if we can get to a different level. You know what I mean? Not necessarily as far as quality. I'm sure this is going to be just haphazardly thrown together in a horrible way. I'll try not to do that, but um, just kind of get like more kind of like a perspective that's a little bit more accessible for people, as opposed to just being like just hokey garbage as a, or in, internal industry stuff. To where you know I'm not going to sit here and talk about you know profit margins and yeah. and like you know what I mean, what it costs to start this and or how much it. You know what I mean? You need to do this and this in, in order to survive in the industry. I don't want it to be that kind of talk, even though that talk's welcome. You know what I mean? Just be a little bit more kind of like a bridge between, like, you know, the more advanced beer drinker and, and stuff. I think what you're saying, like, too, I mean, I think we're a little bit well-rounded with what we have. You know, myself, I work in the industry. I'm a salesman. 
you know, we have Jeff who who's in the industry doing glassware and art, art artwork and things like that, and all of us are, you know, passionate about this. You know, and you have Derek who's done blogging and and uh, the radio show match who's done the radio show. Uh, Joe, who who brews himself and works in a brewery, so I think we have a lot of different angles that we can talk about and see different things. So, but the, I mean, the one thing that it seems like we're gonna end up doing is we're gonna just be honest. You know, I mean, yeah. no one in this group is somebody that holds back. You know, it, it, we're gonna say what we want to say, how we want to say it, and what we feel. And I think that's what you need in a in an industry like this just because it's local doesn't make it good you know some people need constructive criticism you know you you don't need to sit here and and tell them that they're the best because trust me the guys that are in the beer industry most of them already think they're the best you know so like the whole stroking ego thing you know sometimes you need that counterpoint you need the person that's going to be like it's good but exactly it can be better it can be better this way and i think that's what i would like to bring to this is is to just be like you know this is how i see it and if you don't like the opinion, you don't like the opinion. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I like this because. Listen, I work for Anheuser-Busch. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Bud Light's my favorite beer ever. You know, I'm not going to say that. But I will tell you that Mick Ultra is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 64 calories. And, 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 <laughs> so delicious. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, coming from, if you actually sit back and look about, the, who's going to be involved here as far as doing, um, you know, being involved. I think it's a good kind of mixture, you know, with you working in the industry, you know, doing what you do. Um, you know, Jeff, you're kind of fringy industry in that you've kind of, you know, worked with some brewers and um, as far as like, you know, being a bit more of an insider stuff, but also trying to kind of, I don't know, involve yourself in the industry in some way that is actually like you can make a living at it. And it seems like that's kind of like your angle is where you're at as far as like what you're trying to do. Steve is, you're probably out of the whole group, kind of most in tap with like the kind of upper, upper echelon kind of beers. I know you don't want me to say that kind of thing, but that's honestly where you do lie. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you're, you're not, you know, the least pretentious person when it comes to that kind of stuff I've ever met in my life. You you're know, the lo- nicest whale hunter ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For lack of a better term. Me, I just like hearing my own voice apparently. And then you have, you know, Derek, uh, who's been involved in the industry in a while as far as a writer and more of the kind of traditional kind of, um, kind of sense. And there's George which defies all explanation. Um, so it, there's a lot of different perspective that can be brought to the table from a bunch of different people. And I think it, it, that's, that's a good thing about it. You get a little bit too kind of pit, you get the same personality involved, um, across the board and you end up just kind of regurgitating the same thing over and over again. I think it, it could work out to be a good thing or it could be horrible or it could be just, you know, somewhere in between, but hopefully it's more of the awesome portion of the show as opposed to the mediocre portion of the show. <laughs> but Yeah. So we just cracked open, what's this, Exhibit A Brewing Company, uh, Demo Tape 12 Rewind at Amazing Things Art Center Edition, India Pale Ale, 6.9% alcohol. Yeah, so nice uh, 16-ounce silver can, like all of them. Kind of dig the artwork, though. I like that little uh, skeleton alien. What is that art? I forget that. It's it's a comic art, like a specific... Pen and ink sort of style. Yeah, but I think it's an actual specific, like, comic person. Like, a person has that illustrative style. 
But Exhibit A, did you pick a, this? Kim, uh, Steve brought this with him. Did you pick that up, or is it somebody? No, that's how she came through George. Okay, through George, because he just went up there. Exhibit A is like very close to um, um, Jack's Abbey. Abbey in Framingham. It's you could walk to to there. It's a small place. It actually was where um, uh, Jack's Abbey was before they expanded and moved. It was their old facility. Um, guys ended up popping in there. Me and George actually went there when I was up there in the uh, New England area last February 2016. 17, sorry. <clears throat> and it was cool. I like the stuff. This is definitely a little bit of, I mean, it's it's what everybody's trying to do, like super big, kind of hazy, kind of IPA. Yeah, Northeast, uh, saying here, mo- Mosaic Hops. And it looks like they're, you know, they're into the art scene. Liquid art meets media art. The proceeds of this beer go to the local artists through the Amazing Things Arts Center in Framingham. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, that's one good thing that I always see in the beer industry. It's definitely like the giving back, like local brewers that give back to the art scene or give back to, you know, so much collaboration that goes on that's not just beer. Be it somebody like Jeff who, who does glassware, you know, or somebody that maybe does hot sauces or somebody that does beef jerky. You know, there's a, I think there's Righteous Felon. Is like a local Pennsylvania. Uh, Take it jer- to Brad to go like, to like the, ju- meat, the beef jerky yeah. portion of the but, show. But they're, but like a, they're like a beef jerky company or something like that. <laughs> but they they use like Victory, out of Philly, you know, like and they use that in the marinade. So like it, it's great to see like all these little collaborations that are going on that just aren't beer related. You know that just isn't just a beer industry. It kind of it kind of it flows over into other things. Well, and speaking of the beer industry as a whole, I mean, there's it's a very f- small portion of of communities in, in in a business world that are as open and as nice as the beer industry. You know what I mean? There's always the kind of uppity kind of douchebag portion of the show and anything you kind of get into. But it seems like brewers and breweries as a whole tend to be w- super nice to each other you know what i mean whether it comes from kind of sharing you know what i mean hops if if a brewery's trying to get some hops and they can't get it and sharing with other people or helping other breweries out or or from knowledge to whatever you rarely see that in in any other industry it's it's typically kind of more cutthroat out there and you know it kind of rings the same way and that's kind of like where this kind of podcast ends up being a thing that's kind of doable because when when i kind of had the idea of doing this Again, uh, the thing I needed to do was actually be like, okay, I had a kind of a smaller version of this in my brain. I was like, okay, I'll just interview some brewers every now and then and kind of do it as an extension of the YouTube stuff that I did. And now it's just kind of getting bigger in a good way. I was just reaching out to brewers and trying to get be like, okay, that's going to be the cornerstone of the show, the brewer interview portion of it. Let me see who I can get on board. If I can get a couple people on board, then I'll do it. Well, it's like, okay, now I got like... 15 people now that I gotta go <laughs> I, that I agreed to go drive to see and talk to so now it's like okay now it's getting real but then like kind of bringing it on and, and, and wanting to do different stuff inside the podcast it makes it so much easier because the brewers were so on board with it you know what I mean yeah. and that's the thing it wasn't like there was no hesitant for it sure there's a little bit of a background to it to where they're like okay it's a person that's done this stuff before so there's a little bit of legitimacy to it but it just kind of speaks to what you're talking about which is the kind of community kind of area portion of the show that's not like kind of like stonewalling yeah and i mean the the brewery part that's the hard part getting the access to a brewer you know they're busy most of them are taking care of their business every single day 
you know, so that's where, like, the legitimacy of what we've done in the past with the radio show and, you know, to have that, you know, the chronicles of, hey, we talked to these people. You know, so, like, when you started with that and, and that idea to just do it on your own as a podcast, you know, with the new name, no one's going to know, but then you go, hey, this is what we've done. But, like, I like kind of where this has been snowballing and where we like to see it go, where it's not just going to be, here's an interview, here's an interview, here's an interview. You know, there's going to be other things added by every person that's involved with this. You know, and I think that's that's the difference. A lot of times when you see these podcasts or you see, like, written reviews or anything like that, it's one person. One person, one view, and that's it. You know, so I kind of like this collaboration you know, I mean, granted, we're all just like a bunch of like swinging dicks from Northeast PA. <laughs> you know, like we all think our opinion is the best and we're the right. And, and But, you know, like that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the back and forth discussion, the disagreements, you know, the things like that, that people can listen and be like, this is what you and your friends talk about when you're sitting around drinking beer. Because not everyone's going to sit there and go, oh, this is the best IPA I've ever had. Or they will. A lot of oh, people. Yeah. I mean, you take four people who get a beer from their hometown or we, let's um, let's use East Coast, West Coast sort of mentality that they bring the beer to the table, you think it's the best beer. That person next to you brings it and they think it's the best beer. But it's nice when you talk to each other and you figure out fundamentally why you think it's the best beer and you sort of collaborate. And I think you hit the nail on the head that it comes down to collaboration, especially within the brewing industry, that it's such a huge format for success. and. I've talked to brewers before that said they would love nothing better for another brewery to open up next door because it just gives an opportunity from the collaborate and to really bring the community together as a whole. And it seems that there's a lot of friendly competition in the brewing industry and it sort of helps everybody feeds off their styles. And if this brewery is doing something really well, that's something for brewery B to, to say, hey, this is what that brewery is doing. Here's how I can improve my style or I can improve what I'm doing from a process perspective or even from a sales perspective and looking at how they set up their line and how things are ticketed and how certain beers and how they do the releases. There's so much collaboration going on, even from, like you said, an art perspective and that brewers are working with local artists to help collaborate and to give them a chance to, to put their artwork on something bigger than the canvas, something that is not only local but it's actually pushing out to a, a bigger audience and it's it's a pretty cool medium for for artists and other brewers to succeed yeah i mean you just you can like that competition i mean these people are in business for a reason you're not in business just to make friends i mean it is competitive you want to be the best you want you want to show that your beer is up there with any of them but i mean you also look at like the, the explosion that's happened in the craft beer industry say in the last five ten years you know, now the big national ones that have that were solidified beforehand, your Sam Adams, Sierra Nevadas, you know, guys like that, like uh, even Dogfish Head, you know, mm-hmm. these guys that were around twenty some years, they were they already had like a like a spot, nationally or locally or regionally, but now you're seeing that they're actually going through with the collaborations now. You know, like you that. get like the Sierra Nevada grab, uh, beer camps, yeah, things along that line, because you want to grab they needed to grab adapt to what this market is doing now. You can't just sit there and be like, well, I'm Sam Adams, Boston Lager. It's always going to sell. You know? Very so, true. You know, so now, that, now they're putting out 
small batch stuff, local stuff just in Boston, local stuff in, in certain areas, collaborations with different breweries. I mean, it just seems like that's where it needs to go. And I mean, like, and that's where, that's what the market wants. And that's what the people want. And you have to either, like, you know, get up to speed or you're going to slowly die in the industry. And I, but I said it, I, say, I think there's room for everything. There's room for, in this market, and with all the beer drinkers that are out there, there's room for your domestics, there's room for your locals. You know, places in this area, almost like um, we got Breaker Brewing in, in our area, it's a destination. They mm-hmm. don't really package much. They don't really put out things outside of, like, seasonal. That's changing, though. Yeah, they're starting to change, <clears throat> but, like, they made it. Like I mean, they, they have a good business model, a good business it's a destination. Yeah. They want you to go there, have some food, sit down, drink their beer. You know, now, yeah, they're going to start packaging more and their kegs are going to go to certain bars and things like that. But, I mean, you can survive any way. You can cut a niche into a market anywhere you want to and survive. Yeah. You know, you can be like, I'm a nano brewery. I don't want a package. you got to come here. But if your product is good enough or, you know, you get that buzz, people are going to come to your place. And kind of to kind of circle back and kind of like wrap this into the whole podcasting thing is that it seems like breweries, excuse me, uh, breweries are getting more and more, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the, um, people are starting to drive, I mean, consumers always drive the product when it comes to like what, what anybody buys whether it's you know food or drink or cars or whatever do you know what i mean the people drive what what the mark they drive the market they dictate what the market's all about but it seems like it's starting to get more and more <sighs> consumer influenced with with you know instagram with untapped the way those things are going breweries have to listen to what the consumer is saying you know what i mean sure breweries know what people want to hear they make the hazy ipa they make the geometric can sticker can silver can thing and they only produce enough to where they sell out so they understand the market and how to make something popular but in the end it's what people can can build or destroy a brewer or a brand Pretty easily. We know it from a local brewery that kind of was very popular that ended up going south. I mean, that you know, their, their doors are still open, but I could definitely see them being infinitely more popular and profitable if they didn't burn bridges with other people. So you could see how the market is being driven between the consumer and the brewery, but there still seems to be like a disconnect. Like there's untapped is like the biggest thing like it's just i don't use it really much anymore i know a lot of people that do but i mean brewers have to listen to untapped now they have to there's no way they can't listen to it they can't listen to it and argue and yell and scream and make derogatory comments but they have to listen to what's being said on there and they and and that will drive a lot of what the industry has to say and but there there's no kind of besides that there's no direct connection between the brewer and the consumer in that sense they read it they might be able to do some comments but there's there needs to be a gap there i that's kind of where i think a podcast could fill that 
kind of gap. Do you know what I mean? To be able to ask questions that aren't normally asked. It's not a, you know what I mean? Goofy would be like, you know, how'd you get in the beer? Or as opposed to that, you know what I mean? A kind of very technical industry laden question. I'd be like, so you produce this many hectoliters of beer. What's your profit margin going to look like in 2018? You know what I mean? There, there's questions in between that that's going to be asked yeah. and be like, what are you doing moving forward to kind of like expand your brewery or, or you, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? What are you, how are you changing the laws in your state? How are you doing this? How are you doing stuff that directly not only affects the brewer but affects the consumer? I think I think that's something that we could do, or somebody else could do. But that's kind of where I want this to kind of head. Yeah, and those um, those questions are sometimes the hard questions to ask. It's, I mean, it's really it's not only going to be beneficial to the the listener and beneficial to us for our knowledge, but sometimes those questions are going to drive ideas out of the brewers themselves. And we sort of, I think this is, could be a, a medium for us to sort of make brewers not make them but inspire them to think outside of the box and say hey where's this consumer driven market going and sort of where do you see your brewery going and how do you see yourself sort of aligning to what the market wants next and and sort of i think it's it goes back to how we sort of consume as a bigger market how we consume beer that we're always searching for the next shiny penny per se Mm -hmm. we're looking for something new so how to like and sometimes you don't have to be you don't have to do that to be successful as a brewer clearly but if you're sort of in that that's sort of your market people are lining up for beer people stop lining up for your beer for some reason that's not necessarily in their control how do you sort of adjust as that and i think those some of those questions are questions that brewers would sort of like from us because they're going to think outside the box and sort of see an outside perspective since we're consumers ourselves sometimes overly consumers in, in my case, and sometimes on a Saturday, but um, those are the kind of questions that uh, I could see us asking and sort of seeing where brewers want to go with with their their brand and the overall market. Yeah, I mean, you you have to ask those questions. You know, what makes somebody want to stand in line for hours for a beer? How is how does that differ than like a ticketed raffle situation? You know, or something like that. Like that. You know, I've seen with some of them like the you do. Uh, some of the bigger days like Dark Lord you know and stuff like that where it's like okay well you go online and you have a chance to get a ticket you know and they make a party out of it well, like how is that you know like but how does it how do they decide how do they want to do it like I mean it's good to get that type of business insight to them you know like from a brewer like what their thought process is on this you know is it line life is hype you know makes me look better that type of thing but then the, there's also like questions you need to ask with some things like, I mean, I'm, there's some brewers out there where you might never ever talk to like, but like if you had Ken Stout who was um, the head of the brew program for Goose Island at the time when they got the infection, like, would anyone have the balls to ask him? So what did you do? Like, how did this screw up? Because I mean, that's a million dollar problem when you screw up Bourbon County Stout. You know, like, you, you didn't just mess up. Like, there was But, like, to have an affection on that scale, like, that's stuff I would like to know. Well, like, it, what, what happened? Like, do you know what happened? Or was it just freak luck? And not just that. It's just that, it, like, that's an industry. That's an industry thing that would be a cool conversation to ask. Yeah. That'll be a show... Just that in and of itself is how, how how breweries end up doing things like that. Because And not only that, I mean, not to get too deep on that subject, but how smart was Goose Island? And these aren't original ideas. I've heard these things from other places. But how smart was Goose Island? Because 
Not only do they have the infection, they handle it the right way. But what do they do? Okay, so they flash pasteurized our beer, and then and they kind of kind of say, okay, moving forward, your Goose Island is now going to be bur- uh, uh, the Bourbon County Stout line is now going to be this. It's going to be flash pasteurized. You're going to be have an assurance of this. They still had a black mark on their on their on their, um, on their shirt or whatever, or their scarlet letter or whatever. But what do they do? They wait a couple months and then they go, hey, guess what? We're coming out with a new series of barrel age program beers. So what they did was is they took an old program, solidified it, made you okay going into the future, being okay that it's going to be whatever. But they still probably wanted to work with non-flash pasteurized beer. And then you create a whole new line. What is it called again? Um, I forget what it's called. But they came uh, out. The, the Cooper. Yeah, the Cooper's project, yeah, right? Yeah, Cooper's project. Yeah, so they so they ended up keep they keep doing the Bourbon County line the way they did it, but they ended up doing it in a way that everybody feels okay on one end, and you just add a new name to it, and then just kind of release it that way. So I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's what I'm saying, like kind of bring that, and most people say, oh, new barrel age program. Well, you know, it's it's a bit more kind of. You know, that's a yeah. little bit of, I don't want to call it sleight of hand, but it's more like, okay, we're going to do this over here, and then look it's, at this thing over here. Now we have this thing going on over there, but it, it, it's 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 super smart. You yeah, know what I mean? Is. It's tra- And to build off what both of you are saying, it's transparency transparency and setting expectations and saying there's no mystery behind it. They're cl- they were clear and concise with what they needed to do. They communicated it to the customer, and the customer, for the most part, was fine with it. I was fine with it. Granted, maybe I can't. They won't age as well, or I think that's all subjective or what have yeah. you. But they set the expectations to the market. They are clear and open to it. And and to sort of take a step back to what you're saying about how certain things are ticketed and things are set up, I think from a, a, a gap that we can bridge is wondering the thought process behind the, the brewer and the brewery's process. And customers are like, well, why did they do ticketing? Why didn't they do this? Yeah. I think we can bridge that gap and ask and really fundamentally figure out a brewer's process because the brewer doesn't want to make it inconvenient for a customer. They just have to test the process, find out what didn't work and adjust. Look at Hunapu Day. People ripped the doors down to to Cigar City Brewing because somebody copied a ticket. It created disaster and almost destroyed Hunapu Day. But they figured out what was wrong, they figured out how to fix it. And it was fine. Well, and that, and they went and brewed a whole new batch and made it right with everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, the people, like, what they did at Goose Island or what, you know, Trillium did with, you know, the Perm 9 uh, thing or with Kane with Mexican Brunch. Those are showing you the right way to handle the situation where there's other breweries that when stuff has gone sideways, they've either said, shut up. You bought your beer or whatever, and then there's, you know, and that's the thing I was talking about—that kind of connection between the customer and the brewery. It's 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 it's, it's more delicate than what people think. You know what I mean? Like the, the 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 Mexican brunch situation with Kane is a perfect example of. I pretty every person I talked to that bought that set and got their money back, pretty much said the same thing without me saying anything to them. Almost every single person said, "I'm just going to spend that money at Kane again anyway." You know what I mean? I'm going to go back there and make sure I spend that $125 that they gave back to me anyway. So it's like, yeah, sure, they're going to take a hit on it, but it's not like you're going to see that money go back where you have other breweries and be like, you know, you, you keep your beer. You bought it. It's your beer. Once it leaves here, it's not my problem. The amount of money they lose in the long run as opposed to the short run. And and, and, and that's the delicate balance between what the consumer, how the consumer feels about a brewery and vice versa. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know what I mean? 
we should talk about. That's yeah. the yeah. that's the conversation that we need to kind of bring to the table and and then kind of you know what I mean. See if there's other people out there, and that's the thing about this too. And then before we actually started recording, I was just kind of just you know spitballing ideas, and Jeff brought up a great one, which is um, kind of like uh, the whole spirit of the podcast would be kind of along with the brewer interviews, which is kind of an outlet for people out there to understand what's going on with brewers, but also kind of connect with the viewers, connect with the people that are going to be listening here, whether it be you know what I mean, uh, kind of you know touching base and interviewing people in line. Or just kind of doing stuff with people who are out there and listening to beer podcasts. Not, we're not going to go to. I'm not saying we're not going to do like a live broadcast. We're not going to be that kind of like come to Thursdays at blah 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 and see us <laughs> do a live podcast at Brewery XYZ. It's not going to be that kind of thing. But just kind of just trying to bridge a gap between the breweries and and the people out there that want to know shit about beer. Because I've honestly maybe it's just because I'm in too deep or I got you know blinders on. But beer's crazy. It is. Like, it's insane. It's, so crazy. it's insane. I've never seen anything like this in my life. It comes down to people are major brand advocates. And we want to, and, and what you're saying, we want to talk to those people who are insanely dedicated to the breweries they love. And we want to fundamentally find out why. Because I think there's a, a sort of anomaly, not even an anomaly, but there's, there's the craft beer lover who isn't crazy like us and doesn't go, doesn't drive four hours the other half at three in the morning to get beer but they're sort of they're they're interested in why and i think there's that's another gap we can sort of bridge is interviewing these these consumers who are standing in line and why they love this brewery so much and maybe they just love getting a bunch couple cases of beer and drinking and watching football or maybe like they like sitting down like us and saying wow why is this beer good why do people line up for it or why don't they line up for it or why aren't they lining up for it yet yeah, I mean, uh, not even with just breweries. You get that with, like, styles. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's hop heads, IPA, like... Me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, 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 like, and that's what they're going to tell you is, like, this is the best beer, like, or this is the best style or anything like that. Like, that's the other thing. Why does somebody like a style? Why does somebody, like, fervently look for that style, the next big thing? You know, I mean, sours now have been uh, the next IPA for the last five years they haven't come anywhere close to what IPAs are. You know, like, so what hyped IPAs, what pushed IPAs so much that, you know, like, the the, the ones that's being touted as the next IPA isn't even coming close to, like, what an IPA was. Like, or what that, what that hoopla was around that brand or that style. You know, like I said, I mean, like, you go back now, I mean, it's a little bit more readily available because of guys like us that that make the trips and go up there but we just finished up a beer from the alchemist um what was that elena i think it was elena um but like you go back when the first time you heard about heady topper how hard it was to get in pennsylvania now i know guys that are going every other weekend yeah you, you be, know or something like that like they're making the that trip. yeah get, but whatever the co-op was at four o'clock in the morning in vermont it's the only way to get heady topper yeah but now like you know people in this area that are you know that are up there you can get it a little bit more readily available you know so so why does that happen like you know like you said what what what's the draw behind that's a brewery like why do people go up to hill farmstead uh, well there's a couple different things i mean the whole the whole line line life thing 
is is pretty much a, uh, a replacement for pretty much hanging out at bars. I people go and hang out in lines. It's like a place to go hang out. As a it, the beer is almost secondary sometimes. Agreed. People make friends. People hang out, and they view it as an event to go to, as opposed to like utilitarian. Like a lot of people like sit there and go, man, why would you stay stand in line? And I'm not a big line guy, um, but there's a couple I will go to because I have a good time hanging out with them it has nothing to do sure there's beer at the end it's always fantastic but nowadays there's a lot of beer during and there's a lot of conversation during so it's not like from an outsider it, it's like it, they view like you try to explain to them what it is to, and they just don't understand it it's you're not it's not like you're standing there sitting in the cold just staring in the middle distance until a certain time comes do you know what i mean it's like hanging out telling jokes making friends and it's communicating you know what i mean so that's kind of like that in and of itself and it's almost like a rite of passage too. A lot of breweries, like it's like breweries can do well, but once you actually have your first line and people wait in the cold, it's like okay, now we've arrived. Let's move forward. You know what I mean? That's sure. There's breweries that kind of um, want to have a different approach to how they do things, whether it be you know this larger the breweries that start off larger, whether it be like a locally here like Wall and Paw Pack Brewing or someone like that to where they're not. Sure, they're going to end up having some lines for the things that they do, but that's secondary to them. It's more of a production thing. The smaller breweries, that's kind of like, you know, okay, now, you know, you see it everywhere. You know what I mean? Whether it be Magnify, now it's like Troon Brewing, and it's all these small little breweries kind of popping up, and, and once they get a line, then, okay, they're they're in, and now they can do different things. You're in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it but it's also about what happens after that. Because we've seen, you know, breweries have lines and then they suck. And then it's also what happens when a brewery gets so big that they produce so much and it now that people kind of look, look kind of down to them. Like I'm, you know, just pulled a four pack out of a fridge that Chris brought and, you know, sip of sunshine. That's a shelf beer now. Do you know what I mean? If you're in New York State, up, it's everywhere, right? Now, last time, last couple times I went mm -hmm. up there, it's just something you can pick up anywhere. Yeah, so it. it but does that make it a lesser beer? Does that make it, you know what I mean, uh, whatever? I mean, has it changed? People said it has. I don't, those are all the questions that we kind of want to end up trying to answer. If well, we I mean, I mean, his, like, if we take Sip of Sunshine, it definitely changed. And, I mean, there's... How do you know? Well, it definitely changed because you're going from the fact that it's not brewed by him anymore. Now it's brewed by... It's brewed Actually, out. it's probably brewed more by him now than it well, no, has but it, in the but past. It, but it was, it's brewed out of two roads, right? It's always been, but now he's opening his own place. I see. I th it's I, close to... See, isn't I, it super close to opening? So you didn't know, and that's the thing, like... No, I thought he like I thought he started... His original one, he was like brewing out of his garage. Correct? When he first started canning. I don't know. And, like, because... Like and then he went to two roads, like, later on. But, I mean, like... like just take them out of the mix. Like we can go locally uh, in our area. Like so, we have SPC, and they contract brew. I mean, so like you have six or seven breweries now that are making their stuff out of there. I mean, um, one of the ones in our area is Lancaster, and I I had both their beers, like the stuff that they make in in Lancaster, for their own like uh, for kegging, and the stuff that they make in SPC, and it's definitely it's totally different. Like, I mean, but the difference is the water source. You're talking two different places. And, I mean, like, unless you get to a place that's big enough that they're, that, that they're treating their water, you're going to have some different flavors to it. 
Oh, no, no, I, I'm not saying, like, uh, my question is not that Sip hasn't changed. There's a lot of beers that have changed, you know what yeah. I mean? Funk's stuff has been different. I think, actually, Silent Disco is a fantastic one. So with the production, I think it's better now than it ever has. Uh, some of the carton beers coming out of the Connecticut have been quite a bit different. So there is variance, and it has to do with water, but it also has to do with time. It has to do with personal. You're, you change, you evolve. Hops yeah. change, hops evolve, you know. Your palate the, evolves. Uh, you know what I mean? Citra's been different every year. It's insane how different that hop changes from year to year to year so everything changes so it's not a static thing you're talking about a free-flowing free-moving organism that grows and you're asking it to duplicate exactly the same way sure if you have you know what i mean it's almost like weird to say it but it almost seems like belgian and yeast driven breweries a little bit more consistent not necessarily because yeast is a little bit more volatile but that you have a hundred years of propagation of something yeah. that almost seems like there's a little bit more consistency involved with hops and how they change and how we change. And, and it's almost like a, a kind of knee jerk, super fast thing with beer. Now it's like, give me the hops, give me the hops, give me the hops and put something sweet in there and get all the bitter out of it and just give it to me. Now I'm done with that. I've drank it. Okay. On to the next one. And then once someone ends up going down a line of tr- drinking beers and then they get to this super haze, turbid fucking butternut squash thing, and then they go back and drink sip. Then they're like, "Oh, this is hot garbage." Be like, "No, it's not hot garbage. You just you've Your trained yourself changed. to taste things totally different." Can you, you know? guys? Can you guys name a beer for you over the years that has changed? Something that you used to love, and now maybe you don't Great like Lakes it as Chill much. Chill Wave. Yeah, I can that used go to, to be I'll... kind of like a juicy, kind of sweet, honey based thing. Now it's it's much more bittering, much yeah. more bittering. But I don't know, honestly, if you said, bet your left testy that it's it's the beer that changed and not you, I no, but honestly I'm just, but couldn't I'm just tell saying, you. Like, even, in, like, even if it was you that changed, was there a beer that you were all about? Something <clears throat> that you can get regularly, you know, like a shelf beer that you loved, and then over the years, you stopped liking it? Founders KBS for me. I'm a big barrel-aged stout yeah. guy, and, and I, honestly, like, I'm pretty open-minded, so I don't blame the beer. I blame me. For hating not hating beer but just my palate changing so i try to keep that open mind and granted sometimes that's not always the case and and i don't even want to i don't want to single any beer out because it's not fair but for me kbs has changed because i've tried barrel aged stouts from all over the country where i didn't have that access before and didn't have my palate was this is the barrel aged coffee stout that i like it's the only barrel aged coffee stout i've ever had and that's probably the reason yeah. why but it's changed a lot for me over the years now I don't really gravitate toward it as much. I, I there's other stouts that I like better than it. And it's just I think it's because my palate has evolved. Yeah, that's a good example. I, I probably would have used the same one to be honest with you. That that was my probably one of my first like big barrel age beers. But like now I would go to Weyerbach or Sunday morning. But that's that's actually the conversation that we are going to end up having because yeah. it, not necessarily the KBS has changed. I actually think this last year's version was pretty freaking awesome, but. You just asked, what's your go-to regular shelf beer that you think has changed over the years? When, why, how in the world you, like, we referenced KBS. Like, two years ago, you would not be like, what's the regular shelf beer that you can get whenever you want that's changed? KBS would not be part of that conversation. True. But it, you know what I mean? No, like, but, but I mean, like, like that I, just I've, shows you how things have changed. But, but I, I've probably gotten KBS every single year for the last five years, six years. No, you what? haven't. Maybe for the no, I fast three maybe. No, I like I prob- for the last five years. You don't count though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying that because J- Jones is some king shit of fuck mountain. Even though he is, that's kind of correlation causation there. 
But um, he you travel to, yeah. uh, to to every day you hit several beer distributors, so you tend to get whatever you want, especially <laughs> one of those kind of things. So I'm not trying to diminish yeah, what you're yeah. saying. I, I mean, I'm not line life. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not going for like real big one. But yeah, like that's something. Like I said, them or like Goose Island and stuff that I've gotten for the last five years. And the point I was trying to make is that this is how weird beer has gotten. Uh, yeah. Sure, production is ramped up. There's more and stuff, but anyway. I think the build off what you're saying, and I say this, I preach this all the time, is that I think this comes down to even deeper than beer itself. This is like fundamentally in our psych, our, in our the way we're programmed as hu- human beings that we want something that has exclusivity and something that is hard to obtain and sort of your your opinion might shift on it at a psychological level when it's easy to get you're like oh well maybe it's not as good anymore and i don't want to say everybody's like that or anybody's like that i'm just saying that that's how we work as human beings that you're right and, and kbs is not was not a shelf beer and still technically probably isn't a shelf beer so no, it bad, is now. Exa- bad example on my <laughs> my end but i think that's sort of the exclusivity and in, in beer sort of plays a part in how we form opinions of it and granted, that's not that's not a wrong thing, per se. It's just that's where we that's how we are as humans. We're we're assholes, so we just want the next <laughs> new shiny penny coming. And I'm, I'm raising my way. hand. You can't see it, but I'm real high. <laughs> I'm gonna put that one up there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, when it comes to like, and I keep I, I'm trying to ring it in, and these guys are going on great tangents about beer and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, these are all like yeah. n- a, a lot of discussions that we're going to try to do like singular kind of episodes on and stuff like that. But I mean, uh, you know, as far as what we're going to try to do here, we're going to try to do obviously, like I said, the kind of brewer interview stuff. Um, it, basically what we're talking about now, which is like opinion pieces, stuff like that. Have Joe, um, from iron heart and maybe some other brewers kind of do some kind of brewer insight stuff. I do the whole review thing. I'm sure we'll do some kind of like weirdo. Maybe we'll do like the worst beers we've ever had and drink them and let people kind of see us kind of discuss it. We're going to do some kind of, I know as Brad and Jeff were talking about the, the Chicharron, the Cicerone, uh, maybe kind of do some kind of like flavor based stuff. Me and Steve have talked in the past and just doing an off flavor thing for fun. Maybe we'll do stuff like that. And, uh, and I'd like to do a lot of like how to and where to's cause, and what I mean by that is the things we kind of take for granted. I mean, we're four guys and five, if you count the muted one over there, um, five, four guys sitting around a table speaking into a random microphone, chugging beers. That takes a special kind of stupid or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it, it, it's, it, it's, it's upper percentile stuff, it, not in a pretentious way, but that we give, we care about beer care. Is that the word? Uh, about beer so much that we're doing this so we kind of take for granted the things that we do like there's a lot of people i know that get intimidated by going to shares i mean and steve we have a local group here and steve and a couple guys kind of um put it together and we do um probably twice a year a group thing and we know a ton of people that don't go just because they're kind of intimidated by going to a share um, or, or, or um, about going, uh, you know, waiting in line for beer or trading for beer and doing stuff like that and basically going over, like, you know what I mean? Oh, Ins yeah. and outs of, of, of kind of living in that beer life and, and give a little insight to people about what's not, what, what, what to do, what not to do. There's been times just like with me and you, like my buddy Goat, and he, he, he'd be like, oh, well, I don't have anything good. Or like, I don't have anything, I don't have anything to like, like, just because me and, like, I invited Matt down and we're going to hang out at his place. Well, I don't really have anything. Don't worry. We'll have it. 
you know, like yeah, or vice versa. Yeah, you, like, you hit sometimes. the nail on the head. I was thinking the same thing that people are intimidated by. It. Like, I don't have anything. It's that's not the point of bringing anything good. No, it's about sharing. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, it, it's what you like or what you think might be good. You know, like at first when I went to shares and stuff like that, it was, you know, Southern Tier bombers. You know, and stuff like that. Not 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 to say the Southern Tier is a bad brewery. Like I still enjoy their stuff, but like I mean, that was your beginning. Just bring something. Just show up. Don't be afraid. I mean, you, there's gonna be the, the Kevin's out there and the, you know, the Steves that just have <laughs> fucking whales that you, you've never even seen, breweries you've never even heard of. Yeah, bring pizza. That yeah. works too. Yeah, bring food. There you go. <laughs> or you know, crack can't crack or methamphetamine or drop the beer on the floor. Either way, no. I mean, any of it'll work. I mean, that was just that's just uh, the muted one spiking a heady topper off the floor. <laughs> He's uh, blaming it on the uh, the four pack holder. So oh. yeah, blame it on the four pack holder. Yeah. Yeah. You had one job, David. Goddamn, pour the. Uh, now we're, we're now let, let's sip. let's get into this uh, shelf beer yeah. that's changed. Hot garbage. And, and I'm just thinking. I'm spitballing here, just to, so we don't have any dead air space. Even though you could probably edit that out, right? Yeah. I think you can edit out just about anything. Oh, um, he's gonna edit out most of us talking. <laughs> <laughs> don't we know you guys aren't even mics aren't even on. You, you can hear yourselves, but this is all me. I'm just enjoying beer and watching the Steelers get their ass. And kicked. I think something cool too that we can cover is some like urban myths about beer and how to store beer and. I, I, I think I there's a lot of off beer I think there's a lot of urban legend about certain beers and things too that we can cover. It's not rocket science. The closer to the sun the beer gets, the better it tastes. <laughs> it's science. I think not that, rocket science. I think so. that's actually science. You're talking that's about the, Carlton's black flag, right? No, I'm just I'm just or spit black label or whatever the hell it's called. I think urban myths about great beer. But it, it, like, and they keep again not to be. I can't believe I'm the person that's trying to keep this shit on track. It just <laughs> doesn't make any sense in my brain. Um, what do you see missing? And I guess that's the kind of cusp of the whole argument here. Like, I'm, I'm, I like podcasts. It's odd. It's weird. I do the 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 uh, how you doing YouTube's, but I actually hate the YouTube. I prefer podcasts. I actually prefer written form. Is there shit, like, when you, do you guys, where do you go for information? Do you go for information? Do you go on the internet? Do you listen to podcasts? What do you do? Let's go right around the table. Let's start with Brad. Do you, you could say no. That's no, totally I mean, okay. I mean, like, and I, I've said it to you before, like, I don't think I've watched, like, any of your videos ever, because if I wanted the information, I'd just talk to you. You know, I think my information is, is talking to other people. He's lying, by the way. I've watched a few of them, like, uh, <laughs> because there are, there are some epic ones where he's really drunk. <laughs> but I think just talking to people, that's what I like. That's why I like shares, and, and that's why I like being in the industry. You know, you get to talk and see that opinion of somebody else that doesn't see it the same way as you, right? I mean, I've had conversations with head brewers of companies, uh, you know, North American vice presidents of sales, you know, and how they see the industry or how they see beer, you know, and stuff like that. And, and I've had in conversations with just the guy that drinks Jenny, you know, and that's all he cares about. But you know what? Like, that's great. You're you're still partaking in beer. You know, we all have this love for it. That's what I like to do. I mean, sometimes, like, I there was a point where untapped, like, I, I would use that to just kind of see if I wanted to buy a beer. You know, similar, like, here's something related to what you checked in. But, I mean, at this point, it's just I like to talk to people, see what they like, 
you know what's what's going on but i mean as far as like content goes like if you do you do you read articles do you go to podcasts like did you do any of that um instagram you know like i follow uh don't drink beer i think he's pretty funny i like him um you know like i will go to some you know like i said youtube channels stuff like that but i mean mostly it's just it's mostly like instagram or some something along those lines people that i've just follow like yourself and and like i said don't drink beer or guys like that what what about you steve do you actually go out for any kind of like like content like outside of like just tracking beer availability and release and stuff like that really just tracking secondary market releases things of that nature social media in general as much as i dislike social media I don't go out for any videos. I would say I've probably seen more of George's videos than I have of yours. <laughs> In person, too. What about you, Jeff? I don't necessarily see content. I, I'm the same as Brad. I, I have conversations with people. And I also, I do look at social media, but I never take that for... I don't take that as anything. I just look at it because sometimes it's, it's pretty comical. But um, keeping on track, um, I, I don't. I just have conversations, and, and and I love I love it, man. I love it the fact that all the people here, except for me, like are doing the thing that they don't that they don't seek out. And I, I'm not joking about that. I actually think that's good because it's like, like um, you can duplicate things. Like you ever see musicians that accidentally kind of duplicate a rift and they end up getting like sued and stuff like that when they genuinely never heard it before. But there's a lot of people that rip stuff off uh, uh, subconsciously. Do you know what I mean? They just like start doing something, whether it be uh, acting a certain way or speaking a certain way because they've heard other people do it. And that's kind of like the, the thing that I see missing from podcasts are kind of the same thing that I think is missing from beer. What's missing from beer is the thing that you never had before or that you've never tasted before. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole, like, you know, you can go from the super hazy, dry hopped, extra dry hopped beers to the New England style IPA to the milkshake IPA to the lactose sweet and sour thing that Hudson Valley is doing. Those are all things that someone had to do once and then they figured it out. And I think of a lot of times when you see people doing these podcasts, they kind of write a bit of kind of like a uh, outline of exactly how they want the, to go because that's what other people did. And I think in order to do stuff that hasn't been done before, you kind of, you almost don't want to know yes. what other people did. You want to have a kind of a clean slate. Like I worked in a, in a tattoo industry for 18 years and like a lot of people would come in and tr- want to learn and they would have bad habits. It's way easier to have no habits than it is to have bad habits. And it's kind of the similar thought process in that it's easier to do something. Not uh, Sure, you want to know about the subject matter. You want to know all about beer. We all know that. But as far as like this goes, as far as talking to a microphone and being concise and, and having subject matter and then doing specific things and, and bringing out specific bits and pieces of a show i think it's good that there's not like a like a kind of uh, an outline to follow i agree okay. and and this is this is very non-typical of me i'm like anything i do i'm like ocd about information like when i was mean making prime example i don't i can't even tell you how many forums i signed up for in, in a countless hour just to make one batch of meat because i was a psycho <laughs> and you know what the, the end result was great because and my brother's like, yeah, you just throw it, up, throw whatever together. I'm like, it's not my style. But with this, this isn't just throwing anything together. I just, I never really seeked out information. I just love talk. I feel like everybody's got their own thing they like, or they might like something else new tomorrow. 
and I don't know, there's just so much information and difference in everybody's opinions and beer. Just just have to have conversations with people and just talk to them because everybody's got a different mindset with beer. I don't think there's any two similar craft beer drinkers on the planet. Everybody's got their own thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, see, like, I'm more trial and error when it comes to things like I like to cook. It's just try it. Uh, it didn't work. I'll try it again. You know, like tweak something, figure something out. But like I said, like that's why I like to get a, like a lot of opinions and and talk to a lot of people, because you know, Matt might see something in a, in the same beer that we just drank. You know, and he says something, and you you go wait, okay, yeah, like now I, I see what you're saying. I I forget what it was, what beer we were, we were reviewing or if we were just sitting around drinking. And Matt's comment, like I shit you not, was it tastes like old books, <laughs> right? And like, like he's like musty old books in a cellar, you know. And I was just like, and then you took another sip, and you're like, okay, I can definitely see what he's saying, <laughs> you know, because it did have that like musty paper, like what you smell on a musty book is like what was coming across on what you were drinking. We've drank that beer like 19 times, by the way. It's not just <laughs> one time that's happened. Oh, no, no. But, but yeah, but I'm saying like, you know, like, I mean, that when you get into just oxidation and, yeah. and us drinking old beers, that's what happens. But like, but he put words to something that you were thinking and couldn't put a finger on. And that's what I like. That's what I like about the beer industry and anything like that. You get people's opinion, like what they think about it. You know, so a beer that I might love, someone's going to sit there and just be like, you know, I didn't like it because I think it's too sweet or too bitter. And you'd be like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. You know, but for my palate, it works for me. You mm-hmm. know, so like I said, I mean, I do read some articles and stuff like that, but I'm not sitting there on, on, or on rape beer or beer advocate and just like reading like, what does, what does this guy think? Like, I care what To he, be fair, nobody sits on rape beer, by the way. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I don't even know what the, which ones there are, you know, but I'm not going to sit there and just like, be like, oh, well, this guy gave it a 4.5 and that guy gave it a 4.3. Who cares? Yeah. The reading culture is a whole nother. And that's just, these are all stories and. In episodes to be done just, it's just individually. It's a, it's a system that's inherently broken. It can't be fixed. I, at least I think putting beer on any like metric or any scale from a one to five or a one to ten is so hard. Because there's there's somebody who genuinely thinks it's a ten, and they're going to tell you why it's a ten and why it's not a seven. And the person mm-hmm. next to them can think it's a five, and they can give you the same reason. And they're all it's not right or wrong. I give so that comment a four point five. <laughs> I think Matt gave me the look as if it was a 10. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, We're going to try to bridge gaps. That's, I guess, the running thing. I didn't have that beforehand before going A lot of gaps. But here's the thing. Yeah, my nag gap, Tottenham. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) the other part of that, flip the script, is what do you want to hear? There's going to be people listening to this. uh, What do you want to hear? What do you think's missing? from the podcast if you listen to beer podcasts what are the things you're like man i wish they would talk about this it's kind of a hard question to answer because again like i said you don't know what you want until you see it a lot of times but is there something out there that's missing or or, or, do you want to have uh, information whether it be inside information kind of more connective information whatever it is where do you want this to go not necessarily the podcast or this round table in general this is probably going to just be some kind of rando bullshit session we do at least once a month but what do you want to hear what do you want tell us and we'll give it to you it's pretty simple stuff i i I, when you keep saying like what do you think's missing or whatever honesty 
to be honest with you. Like, like I want honest opinions. I want to know what you think. I want to know like what you feel. like. There's too much of people just trying to be people's friends in this industry. You don't have to act like you don't have it here and stuff. Yeah, Jeff's leaving now. <laughs> he's. I think he's cracked the seal, and we're cracking the open. Ti- um, the tiny little baby door. Yeah, you know, uh, a heady topper. <laughs> yeah, that's that where was, my bathroom is. It's a tiny little baby door. We're cracking over <laughs> a heady topper that was just smashed on the floor. Oh, and Steve takes the Kyle Davidson pour. <laughs> 16 ounce can. Steve just took eight ounces. <laughs> Six ounces. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, listen, the, the first original content coming to this podcast, you know, is this what you're listening to right now? Uh, yes, I posted a couple different things outside of this to um, bleed over from my YouTube stuff, but this is the first original thing you're hearing. And this is kind of what you're going to get. We're going to try to make it a little bit tighter, a little bit more concise, but what you're getting is four dudes sitting around the table drinking beer talking about beer. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to bring, uh, you know, we're going to try to bring you, give or take, just about an hour's worth of content. We're not going to, excuse me, try to overload you. We're not going to try to get too crazy with things. We're just going to try to bring good production value, interesting subject matter, um, you know, opinions from people that have them, but also can, you know, form legitimate opinions and stuff like that. So, I mean, that, that's kind of the the ups and downs and the side to side and all the other adjectives that I could probably push out there about what we're going to do and why we're doing it. I mean, you know what I mean? Just a bunch of dudes that are into beer want to kind of talk about it, hang out and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. Just dudes being dudes with other dudes. Yeah, getting all sweaty and drinking beers. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We had to turn off Matt's fan, so he's probably sweating his ass. No, off. I'm actually pretty comfortable. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have this fan addiction. It's very hard for me to actually deal without a fan. But once I get, I have this anxiety thing, and I'll just sweat bullets. Like, I was just freaking out before I started this. But now I just go nine hours and not sweat. We, but we, mean, we used to do, when we did the radio show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He, he'd, he'd have a towel. He'd be, he'd be looking like. Patrick Ewing, fourth quarter, <laughs> yeah, straight on up. the foul line, just dripping, and he's yeah. mopping. I'm not down. doing anything. I'm <laughs> sitting static, not moving yeah. at all. But it's just like that's part of my anxiety thing. Actually, oddly enough, just kind of looking into that, going to the doctor, trying to figure it out, see if I'm. He said treat her with beer. Yeah, and not to get off topic, uh, I sort of I dealt with the same thing for the past like, oh, it's going on two years now with anxiety. Never had anything with just randomly. I'm like, I'll just like you said. Before the podcast, you're like super nervous or whatever, and once you get into it, it's just like oh, it's gone. Yeah. yeah, you don't know why it's there. You don't know why it left. Like it's it's just here and gone, and it happens yeah. on. You're not even speaking in front of anyone, and you yeah. don't, you don't care what they think anyway. But you're like you're in your head. You're seeing like a crowd. It's like you're at a, this is like a TED talk. And <laughs> God, imagine if they had us at a TED talk. You're not even thinking of the fact like three three people in the crowd. You don't even think of the fact friends. that this can be completely edited in that. Yeah. This isn't live, so... What would the generic version of a TED Talk be? Like a Doug Talk? <laughs> it would, yeah. A Steve, Steve Talk. Oh, thank you for saving me the bottom of the can, because I love whatever's going on and the, the bits bottom of those cans. Yeah, that's where they keep the heroin, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the good stuff. They keep it in the filter. Yeah, so um, we're going to wrap this up um, and just kind of close it with... Um, let's close it with social media bullshit. We're going to do a website... Um, we're going to have a website for this. We're going to publish basically everything is going to be pushed to that. Um, what the URL is going to be right now, I do not know. So any URL hoppers or squatters out there, 
tie that beer massive shit up because you will uh, you will we'll pay you nothing. Steve, um, Steve is now <laughs> purchasing the fucking URL right now. Um, but we're gonna do we're probably gonna you know do the whole Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, and push everything to the website. Um, as of right now, uh, you're gonna see this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the whole night. It's already up there. It's just beer massive. M a s s i f is the thing. Um, I picked the name before deciding to do this with everybody, but hey. That's what it is. Um, Go check it out there. Um, As far as email, um, we'll set one up uh, so you guys can write to us and let us know what's what. As of right now, if you want to write us for this first episode, you can send it to massivebeers at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Um, Like, subscribe, five stars. That shit actually matters in iTunes and all that fun stuff. So if you do that, we get up towards the top and people listen and we get to bring more content to you. So this is, like I said, this is the initial one. Um, and honestly, it, it, it's going to be a lot of what you hear here. We're going to make it a little bit tighter, a little bit more concise, but it's just going to be dudes, dudes or women. It's, we're not, you know, we're not sexist here. We can be anywhere in between. Yeah. Um, just people that are into good beer, kind of sitting around shooting shit and talking and having a good time. So, so what do you guys think? Any closing remarks? No. no, no, not no. really. Till the next episode. Off to uh, the next episode, baby. We got outro. Get, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to contact. Uh, see if I can get the rights to that to do a little outro music. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed this one. Like I said, we're gonna do a little bit more. Um, kind of uh, get our feet underneath us and get a little bit more kind of tight on what we do. But we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, we hope you guys keep listening. We hope you subscribe and all that fun stuff. And we will check you out next time. Cheers! 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 cheers man, I hate saying cheers. I like it. I love it. Cheers. I end my emails with it.